We are so thankful that you've came out today to worship with us here at the bridge and uh, wonderful to see so many smiling faces in the house this morning. We know there's multiple online, watching online as well, and we just welcome them uh, to participate with us and to experience God in a real and tangible way. It's always our goal here at the church is to experience God, not just to know him, but actually feel him and sense him in the room with us. We are starting a new sermon series today entitled Starstruck. This will lead us up to Christmas, and it's basically about the wise men. And we're going to look at the next couple weeks through the story of the wise men in the Bible. But the time and season when Matthew chapter 2 was written, it was unprecedented times and there was chaos around the world and a lot of turmoil everywhere. And I believe that unprecedented times always call for wise men and wise women to look to God for answers for their situations. In this Starstruck series, I hope to inspire us to look for Christ in this Christmas season. If that's what the wise men came to the conclusion that they needed to see God, I hope and pray that we will as well. Matthew chapter 2, I'm going to read through this part of the Christmas story. Verses 1, starting in Matthew chapter 2. It says, Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. About that time, some wise men from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, Where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it arose. And we have come to worship him. King Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard this, as was everyone else in Jerusalem. He called a meeting of the leading priests and teachers of religious law and asked, Where is the Messiah supposed to be born? Verse 5 In Bethlehem in Judea, they said, for this is what the prophet wrote, and you, O Bethlehem, in your land of Judah, are not least among the ruling cities of Judah, for a ruler will come from you who will be the shepherd of my people Israel. Then Herod called for a private meeting with the wise men, and he learned from them the time when the star first appeared. Then he told them, Go to Bethlehem and search carefully for the child, and when you find him, come back and tell me, so that I can go and worship him too. After this interview, the wise men went their way, and the star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house and saw the child with his mother, Mary. And they bowed down and worshiped him. They opened their treasure and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. 
When it was time to leave, they returned to their own country by another route. For God had warned them in a dream not to return to Herod. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for this day. Lord, we thank you for your word. God, I pray that you would awaken within us a need to search for Christ during this season of Christmas. Lord, help us as a church be a people that make him known to the world around us. Lord, that we could be his disciples here on earth proclaiming his good news, the gospel, to see people saved, to see those that are lost found. Help us during this season when we interact with our families, O oh God, to be able to present your case in a way that is pleasing to you. And Lord, that our lost loved ones would come to know you as their Savior. Help them to find Christ as well. In Jesus' name I pray. Everyone says, Amen. I applaud the youth group and their efforts last week in their sermon and during the service. And they taught us to give pause to our opinions and to study scripture for God's truth. To hear that coming from young people is something we need to take heed to. Amen. How many of the adults enjoyed the sermon last week and the event of where the kids led us in worship all the way through the last prayer? It's just an awesome encounter here at the church uh, and seeing them not only in Christmas plays and all that, but they deserve their place and time to speak to our body. Children's church will be coming up in a week or two as well, and to be the little feller is going to teach us then. And the Bible says that out of mouths of babes, he has perfected praise. And whenever we see them interact in a way that is pleasing to God, I believe, because we know the story of where that Jesus was teaching and they brought the child to him and the child wanted to sit there and the disciples tried to get the child to go away and allow Christ to teach only adults and Jesus said hey man you need to check yourself because I want these kids to be hanging around and I'm so thankful as a church that we got a room full of little nursery over there little nursery age kids zero to four amen and then over there in the cafeteria we got some kids ages 5 to 12, and it's just awesome uh, to see our youth group up here, and they're sitting in their own little corner and doing their own little thing over here, and I'm sure they're acting really well. And, uh, yeah, so parents be proud. Now I'm glad they're here. Amen. So as I begin to think about this Starstruck series and how that these wise men were people that were astrologers or they were those that looked to try to look to the heavenlies to see what God was leading them to do. And as I begin to ponder and think about these people, these individuals, and it doesn't really give their names, it doesn't really give where they're from, but from the east. And, but you can study history and 
a lot of different topics and different uh, historians and uh, theologians, they believe that these wise men, these individuals came from the east and most likely from either Iran or Iraq or Yemen, somewhere in that general vicinity, that they were people from the east. And as these individuals, I begin to think about those people living there. I begin to think, how could they come to this conclusion to think that there would be a king born in Israel that would affect their lives? Because sometimes I believe we miss God because he is in a place where we don't expect him to be. That we think he is like us or he is like me. Jesus was born of a virgin, so he's not going to be like you or me. Jesus was different because he was the son of God. But I believe and thought about this, and I, I remembered a verse, and I, I want to read it to you in a moment, but it's in Psalms 19. And it says that the heavens declare God's handiwork. So imagine these wise men living in ancient lands east from Jerusalem. But in understanding, these were people that believed in writing and writing script down and, and studying from the ancients to know history so that they knew how to act and interact with other people in their current state. I think it would do a lot of us pretty good if we would study our own history. Amen? That if we would look back to the elders in our community and begin to ask them questions about when they grew up and the morality that was in place when they was here. I think it would suit us well to go back to those days where that we learnt the issues that we face from history's perspective. It's always been. I really believe, as King Solomon said, there is nothing new under the sun. You see, oftentimes we think we're facing situations that's only us. We're the only generation that has ever seen this come into being. But in reality, there's really nothing new under the sun. It's troublesome times that we face. Amen? There is pain. There is heartache. There's affliction. There's all these words and terms that we could come up with to explain what we're experiencing today. It's nothing new. But as these wise men... And I, I was imagining, trying to imagine myself just putting myself in their position and being a wise man. And I can tell you this, I'd rather be a wise man than a dumb man. Come on, somebody. Maybe you're sitting by a dumb man. You don't want to announce it, ladies. I don't know. Uh, just, just saying. I'd much rather be a wise man. Look at your neighbor and tell him, say, be a wise man, don't be a dumb man. That's your only two options, really. I mean, what if we'd read this story, Sandy, and it would have said, you know, from the east come some dumb men. 
for one, I don't believe Herod would have listened to him too much. He'd be like, hey, here's the dumb man. Come on over. Hey, teach me something, will you? No, I don't think I can. So these wise men living in the Far East, and I just imagine them reading through and deciding to look up to the stars because of these verses here in Psalms 19. And thinking that the heavens declare God's handiwork. And as they were looking up into the stars, have you ever laid outside and maybe in peaceful times and just needing some rest and just go out and it's a little harder in the wintertime to do it, but in the summertime, maybe the spring or early fall, go out and just lay on your back in the yard and look up into the stars. And just begin to gaze upon the beauty that God created. Some people get mixed up and begin to worship the stars, and I think that's wrong. We shouldn't worship the stars, but I believe we can look to them for some answers. And I believe we can get in some solitude where that we ask God to speak to us in a place of silence where that we lower the voices around us and just listen to Him. I believe that he's still speaking. Kind of feel sorry for these individuals because they didn't have YouTube to learn from. Maybe they needed to put in a new kitchen sink and they couldn't just go get on YouTube and look up how to put in a kitchen sink or all these things. And, you know, I just imagine. Being in a world where that I couldn't Google, I, I don't know what that would look like, or I, I, I couldn't even exist probably if I didn't have Google to go to for all the answers. But these individuals were wise because they looked in this history of the written word of God to see some things. Imagine you've only got God's word to direct your path. Imagine holding these writings and these scriptures and these scrolls that ancient people had written down about who God was. And looking at these scripts to, for answers in what I'm facing. That's something I believe we can learn from right now, here today is to take God's word up and look for answers rather than going to YouTube and Google. Amen? His words hold the answers to this life. The troubles we face can diminish greatly if we will look to God's word for the answer we need in the situations we face. I promise you that book has the answer you need. But these individuals, I'm just imagining myself and, and, and looking to these people and these elderly people, I believe, that had looked at these manuscripts and they had looked at these scrolls and they, they began to ponder on these things. And I can imagine them running across Psalms 19 to where that they're reading these verses about the heavens declaring God's handiwork. And these scrolls and these Manuscripts that they had were most likely handed down from generations from people like Daniel in the Old Testament. You see, because the children of Israel hadn't always just lived in Israel. 
When they wandered far away from God, the next thing you know, they ended up into exile. And during this period of exile, it was prophesied by the prophet Jeremiah that there would be 70 years that you're going to live away from your homeland. That they was taken captive and taken prisoners of war. And they lived miles and miles and miles away at this land that they didn't want to be in. And we know the stories about Daniel in the Old Testament and Esther and all these other individuals, Mordecai and these people that still stuck, stuck to the text of God's word for the answers even though they were living as a prisoner of war. So the problems we're facing today pale in comparison to what they endured. But there's people around the world today that we hear when our missionaries speak about people that's living in these regions of the world today that are living in really bad situations, that they have to go into hiding just to have a church service. I thank God that we can come in here freely, amen, and worship God in spirit and in truth, not worried about the cops coming knocking on our door. But it isn't the same for everybody all the way around the world, so we need to look to this. And as I think about these individuals and how much... Uh, honor I place into things of value that I have that like the Bible that my grandmother passed down it's a 1808 Bible and I've showed many of you in this room that Bible and I, I honored that Bible because it's it's age it means something there's some heritage there I don't worship it as a book but I hold it in high regard I've showed some of you the physician's manual that I have from 1840s, a, a doctor, a book from a doctor's. It's a really good shape, and I, I honor that. I, I thank God that I've been able to amass some of these things because I love history. It's kind of a passion of mine. But the things that I, and, and the history of Lewis County, the book that Leslie bought me a few years ago for Christmas, I, I really look to that, and I, I, whenever I hold it, I really uh, count it to have value. Because of its significance in history. And I can imagine these wise men holding these old, rolled up, dried out manuscripts and reading these verses. Psalms 19. It begins like this. This is the New Living's translation. It says, For the choir director, a psalm of David. This is King David, the David that killed Goliath. That went into battles and come out victorious that Saul would kill his thousands and David his ten thousands during battle. And this is the psalmist of David. Just think about this individual that had led Israel into great victories and set up the nation that God allowed him to do and be the king of Israel and him to write this down. A lot of influence. He says here, The heavens proclaim the glory of God. The skies display his craftsmanship. Day after day they continue to speak. Night after night they make him known. They speak without a sound or a word. Their voice is never heard. Yet their message has gone throughout the earth and their words to all the world. God has made a home in the heavens for the sun. It bursts forth like a radiant bridegroom after his wedding. It rejoices like a great athlete eager to run the race. 
the sun shines at one end of the heavens and follows its course to the other end. Nothing can hide from its heat. The instructions of the Lord are perfect, reviving the soul. The decrees of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. God can make wise men out of dumb people. If we will but study, as Paul writes to Timothy, his beloved son, study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needs not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. We need to study God's word. Because we're facing situations that we're facing, I promise you, if you will speak God's word over things that you're enduring, they will pale in comparison to the glory of God. And as you speak his word, it becomes truth. And as that truth is displayed, it has to change the situation that I'm facing. And I know this sounds easier said than done, but I promise you, find a verse for where you're facing. If you're in the midst of trouble, in the midst of storms, and all the sermons that we've preached this year has taught us to lead towards unity, unifying us in the purposes of God. But the psalmist David here is writing, and it says it makes wise the simple. Can you imagine these wise men reading through these verses and saying, God, make me wise? James, Jesus' very own brother, writes this. He said, you know, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives wisdom. He don't upbraid. He don't hold it back. God wants to give you wisdom. He's not looking to hold back from you. He's waiting for you to ask, God, give me some wisdom. Give me some understanding. Allow me to understand what I'm doing, doing here. So these wise men, I can imagine their prayers had shifted when they're reading through verses like these. The commandments of the Lord are right. Bring joy to the heart. How many would like to have joy during Christmas? Joy to the world. Amen. Don't just let it be a song. Let it be who we are. The commands of the Lord are clear, giving insight for living. Reference for the Lord is pure, lasting forever. The, Lord, the laws of the Lord are true, each one is fair, and they are more, desire, more desirable than gold, even the finest gold. They are sweeter than honey, even honey dripping from the comb. They are a warning to your servant, a great reward for those who obey him. How can I know all the sins lurking in my heart? Cleanse me from these hidden faults. Keep your servant from deliberate sins. Don't let them control me. Then I will be free of guilt and innocent of great sin. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. You see these wise men reading through these verses would decipher them and pick through them. And whenever they say that the heavens declare the handiwork of God, 
And can you imagine these wise men laying and looking in awe and in wonder and in reverence to the God of the nation of Israel? And here they're living in this land. They're not even an Israeli. They're not Jewish by birth. But they're studying these Jewish manuscripts and understanding what God's Word says. I thank God for my heritage that I had a grandma and a grandpa on both sides that, that would take me to church. That taught me God's Word. I thank God for a mom and dad that took me to church. But there's people out here living in our world today that have never attended a church. I feel blessed. Did I know him? I feel blessed that in the midst of my sin, in my wild days when I was doing everything I wasn't supposed to be doing, that I had a, a turning point where I could turn back and remember what somebody else had spoke to me about. But there's people living in our world today that has no understanding they have no reference point to think back to because they've never heard about the goodness of Jesus. Our task is great, church. There's people in our community. There's kids being reared today that are going through some ungodly situations that they're facing. You don't have to look very far to see it. And we don't have to go halfway around the world or the globe to see people in need. They're most likely our neighbors down the street. Just a few doors down and maybe you don't even know their name. My question to you is, would Jesus go down and meet them? Or would Jesus just say, let them make their own way? I think the answer is very clear all throughout the Gospels that Jesus went and met people that others were not willing to meet. Whether it was the man with the withered hand, whether it was the dead little girl that the parents had come and asked him to come and, and to see her. Where was the woman sitting by the well? Whoever Jesus went and met people where they was at. We need as a church to stop waiting for everybody to come here when he's telling us to go there. Amen. Go meet them where they're at. Talk to them about me because I am the answer to the problems they're facing. But these wise men were starstruck. And I, have you ever looked at a light too long? Has anybody ever, ever looked like a light bulb and you just kind of get in one of those moments where you're just like, I don't know, I'm just going to sit there and look at it for a minute. And then you do it and now I can't see anything. If I just look up at that, I can't see for a minute. That's what starstruck is, that you've looked at that light so long that you can't see anything else. Think about this in starstruck. What if we would look so intently into Jesus, the morning star? What if we would look to Him and we look at Him so much that whenever we turn and look at something else that all we can see is Him? Amen. The hurting that we look at on the street, the, maybe the homeless, maybe the prostitute up there walking around in Portsmouth, maybe whoever we look at, we don't look at their individual, but they look at, we look at them and we've seen Jesus so much that all we can see in them is Him. Let's become starstruck, church, because He is our gaze. He is what? We're looking at.
And he is what we're looking for. But these wise men looking up, staring up into the heavenlies and looking and thinking. And then all of a sudden, can you imagine? And these people had a lot more time than us. We're, I was talking the other day to Rick and riding around and just, you know, old, old timers, they, they had more time than us. Actually, there was only 24 hours in a day. It's just that we waste ours on more stupid stuff. Amen. So if I was living up the head of Straight Fork in all Kentucky and running my general store, I didn't have to run over to Olive Hill every other day. They had a slow pace way of life. And basically, your grandparents and your great-grandparents were people that had this slow pace of life, and really all they worried about was putting out a garden. Amen. Putting it out in spring. You couldn't be lazy, right? You had to go out there and work. You had to till the ground. And after you wore that ground out, you went over and cleared off some more brush and got you another hillside cleaned off so you could plant over there because it's better ground. Didn't have fertilizer. Come on. They would raise a garden, and what they did, they would put up what they had harvested that year and can it. It's like a lazy man's way today is freezing everything. They didn't even have, they had what was called an ice box. Most people in the room probably don't even know what an ice box is. We call them now today refrigerators, but they didn't have a refrigerator. Literally, the ice man come around in a truck and you got a big chunk of ice and you set it in your refrigerator. And that's what kept everything cold. It was different then. But their whole way of life was about existing. And slowing down. And I think the reason so many of those generations were so starstruck because future generations don't know what these previous generations endured. But they were people. I can tell you about my grandma and my grandpas that were starstruck by Jesus Christ. They knew the verse that says he's the author and the finisher of our faith. And they believed it to be true. We should go back to that. Amen. Go back and experience God in a real and tangible way that we expect to meet Him. And can you imagine these wise men laying on the ground so starstruck and looking at these stars and then all of a sudden something new coming. Wouldn't you like to see something new and fresh? Something real. Staring up in the skies. Looking. And they knew every star there. They knew the Big Dipper. They knew the Little Dipper. They knew Orion. They, they knew all this stuff. And then all of a sudden, something different happened. There's a star. And this star was different than all the other stars. And they began to gaze upon it. And they couldn't quit looking at it because, wow, this is different. This is something new. And they began to read these old manuscripts that talks about who Jesus the Messiah would be. And they knew there's supposed to be a king born in Jerusalem. And they head over to Israel and they say, where, where is this king? 
King Herod didn't like it, did he? Because he didn't want to share his kingdom with the king of the universe. Just like us, we don't want to share our little worlds. We don't want to give Jesus too much because he'll take control, won't he? I'm telling you right now, if you'll give him control, you'll live a better life. I'll attest to that. Is there any Christians in the room that says the day that I gave Jesus my life, that he lifted the weight of the world off my shoulders and I was renewed and refreshed and I met Christ and he is the answer to my problems. He relieved me of my pain. Jesus, they wanted to meet him. And as they traveled east and they took off, or they traveled west heading into Israel, they looked for him and they asked, where is he at? And when they got there, they, they met the king. And wouldn't that be, that should be something that we're all kind of like, wow, I, I met the governor. Wow, I, I went one time and met the president. Or, wow, I was over here and I, I met so-and-so. We're kind of like awestruck by these celebrity-type people, right? They should have been awestruck. I met, I met King Herod. Wow, hmm, yeah. They, didn't, they could care less. That's probably what made Herod so mad. They didn't care that they met him. They was looking for Jesus. And as they talked through those things, aren't you thankful that these starstruck guys weren't distracted by the things of this world? Because the ones in this planet that thinks they have the power can do nothing when God wants to shift some things. Amen? When God decides, my son is coming to the earth, hell could not stop it. Amen. They were starstruck by Jesus Christ, and they met him. And we know the account that most Christmas scenes, how so many Christians put out the little manger scene and they'll have the wise men there. That's actually not the truth. These wise men came later. Some people believe probably two years later. So the Jesus that the wise men met was an infant, not a newborn baby, because it says they went into the house. Don't say they met him at the manger. They went into the house and seen him. So this account is this, that these wise men finally seen Jesus, but they offered him gold, frankincense and myrrh and I think it was symbolic of this is the best thing that I possess this is my most treasured things I have but I know that you're Jesus and I'm going to give them to you So in this room today, I'm asking you this. What is your most prized possession? And are you willing to give it to Jesus? See, because if somebody would come up and ask me for my grandmother's 1808 Bible, I'm not going to give that up. I don't have kids to pass it down to. I don't know who I'm going to give it to yet. My possessions, such as things as like that 1840s physician's manual. 
I think I give $4 for it to Garrison Auction, but it's worth a lot more than that to me. And I wouldn't give that up very easily. What Jesus is asking us in this place today, don't hold on to what you have when I'm all that you need. Don't put your trust in the riches of this world where moth and rust will corrupt. Jesus said this. Amen. Lay up for yourself treasures in heaven where eternity is. Jesus is there. Let's give up on these things become so starstruck by him that I'm willing to lay it all down at his feet and say I'm not here to give you this because you didn't already have it Jesus he owns the cattle on the thousand hills he don't need their gold he don't need their frankincense he don't need their myrrh they was giving it as a symbol of saying my best is just laid at your feet and I'm asking you in this place today what are you willing to lay down for Jesus Christ are you starstruck by him to say, everything I have is not worthy of me holding on to. I'm willing to give it to you. And sometimes it's not just things. I think he's asking us in this place today to not give him our things. I can tell you your most prized possession As individuals in this place, and individuals watching online or maybe listening to the podcast this week, the most prized possession you have is your life. That will protect it. Because we love living, don't we? And Jesus is asking us in this place today, lay down your life. Pick up your cross daily and follow me. And watch what I will do in your families. Watch what I will do in your cities. Watch what I will do on your streets. Watch what I will do in your nation. And watch what I can do in the world. Are you starstruck enough to lay it down? Say, here I am. Send me. Send me to brag about you. Leslie, if you'll start playing on your guitar with five strings. Did anybody notice that the string wasn't there? I mean, like, maybe a few musicians, maybe, but most everybody in the room, I don't know why you told everybody that. Then they all started looking like, well, what's it sound like? Is it different? I'm listening to that. If you would, just close your eyes and bow your head. I just want you to just ponder for just a moment. Maybe it's been a, a while since you've been starstruck. 
Maybe you gave your life to Jesus as a, as a child and grew up in church. And you can tell stories like I just did and your grandmother taught you about God's Word. And you're sitting here in this place today and you're saying, man, it's been too long. been so focused on the things of this world that I've lost track of what was truly important the most important thing and that is Christ Jesus my Lord and in this moment he's challenging you to come back home it isn't that you've left him completely and you've went totally out into sin and wallowed around with the hogs the way that the lost son did the prodigal son maybe you just drifted too far from the shore the way the old lighthouse song says but you can see the lighthouse now and you can see the bride of morning star and Jesus is asking you for a new commitment during this Christmas season. And he's asking you in this room and you're sitting there thinking, man, I need to gaze upon him some more. I need to give him more time of my day. Maybe you're sitting in this room and you've never accepted him as your Lord and Savior. You came here today and you're weathered and you're tired and you're distraught. and You just know that you're lost and you come in this place today and you're thinking, man, I hope I come today. and I want to experience God and right now he's beating on your heart's door and he's asking you, allow me to come in and sup with you. Give your life to me and watch what I can do. Maybe you're sitting in the room today and you're a Christian and you stay close to the camp and you know that you're saved and you know that you're in a right place with God, but you're just here today and you're asking, God, I want to be on fire for you again like I was. Just as you said in Revelations that I need to return to my first love and I want to return to you. Ignite me on fire for you again, oh God. Every head bowed, every eye closed. you fall into any of those situations or any of those scenarios you say that's me and God is knocking on your heart's door right now and he's asking you look to me and you know he's knocking on your heart's door right now and you're, you can feel him and sense him and know that he is asking you to look upon him I want you to lift up your hand you're in this room right now amen 
Amen. Amen. Lift them up high. Anybody else? Amen. There's people all over the room. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Amen. Amen. You can put your hands down if you will. I want everybody here to pray this prayer with me. Everybody say, Heavenly Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. I'm asking you, forgive me for my sins, for my faults, for my failures. Help me to gaze upon you that I would be starstruck that I could only see you in all situations of my life and that I would live in eternity with you forever. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen.